All right, Rob, I am super stoked about our inheritance of this kick-ass hotel here in New Orleans, but this basement is like causing me a lot of stress here. I have no idea why there's so much water all over the place. You think it's from uh, Hurricane Katrina? Yeah. I don't know what it's from. It's it's like above our ankles. Like I feel like I could surf down here if I wanted to. I could catch a wave. Yeah, this is pretty deep. I'm kind of worried about alligators. Well, thank you for putting that in my head. It didn't even <laughs> enter until now. So thank you so much for that. You're very um, welcome. Yeah, now I'm worried about that. Um, so Joe the plumber is just like, he's been down here for a while. And I don't even see him anywhere. So I think we're going to have to take care of this on our, on our own. Yeah, I'm thinking so, too. Is there a way we can drain the water out of this basement? I mean, I don't think it'll ever be salvageable. We might just end up having to flip this hotel. Maybe, but we need to figure, like, where is it, like, the source of where this is coming from? I it, How is it pouring in here? I don't understand. Like, it's not raining, and it just keeps pouring in this basement. It's, I worry it's going to flood the basement, like, all the way up into the next level of the hotel. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really thinking underground lake, you know? <laughs> something like that something like that um oh now that's interesting look at that like there's like a little fissure on the wall there and it's like pouring out through that crack in the wall between those bricks and the mortar there it's almost like the wall is made of sand and it's kind of just breaking down as the water pours through do you think i i suspect if we could get that wall knocked down the answer to our questions might lie on the other side of that um okay i've got uh i've got some tools right here well they're underwater now hang on while i get them <laughs> jeez yeah I, I brought a deer. bag of like hammers and stuff so we could definitely knock that wall down and um i don't know maybe we can find the plumber somewhere okay yeah poor joe all right, he's probably snorkeling. Um, all right, yeah, let's get to work on this thing. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Ooh, there's an opening. Okay, we've got... I can kind of see... There's, like, something in there. What the... What the hell is that? It, it's so dark, but yet there's, there's like, a, a little sliver of light shining on whatever that is. I don't know. It's, like... It's... Should we try to knock the wall down a little bit more? Just a little bit. I Okay. It looks like there's like another room. Yeah, it is. like this was not on the plans. No, not at all. No. Maybe there's money. Ooh, treasure. Treasure. I all like right. That. Okay, so let's keep going here. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, there we go. Okay. That's big enough to look through, don't you think? Yeah, I can I can fit my head in there. Yeah, me too. All right. There, what? There's something coming to that's and hurry. 
leave this place. Sixty years ago, everybody in this hotel disappeared. Every last person. A painter called Zweig, who lived here, closeted in his room, had found a key. Accidents. You think you'll um, give it up now? I couldn't do that if I wanted to. Well, I won't give in. Nobody here. I can feel a presence. Somebody else is in here. Oh, some weird story that Emily told me about room 36. Emily? Who's Emily? The blind girl that lives in the old house by the crossroads. seven gateways to hell, because through that gateway, evil will invade the world. All right, all you Midnight Mass Creature Cast fans out there, we thank you again for joining us for this spoilerific episode of The Beyond from 1981. I am, of course, Marchiano, and I'm joined by the ever-awesome... I am Roberto. <laughs> there you go. Um... And we are going to be covering this um, Lucio Fulci Fright film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, this, I would say, is kind of a joint pick. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Because once you had uh, shown me House by the Cemetery, it got me really excited for City of the Living Dead. And then mm -hmm. after that, I was all in. I was yes, like, yes. And this like this. So it's like the dead trilogy. And we did these like all out of order. Oh, yeah. And here <laughs> I was thinking that like a house by the cemetery was the first one. <laughs> yeah, no, and this. So this would be the second one in the series. The first one, of course, would be the city of the living dead gates of hell. Mm -hmm. And then house by the cemetery is the last one. Yeah. Um, and but it doesn't one, really matter. Do you think? 
No, it doesn't matter. But this one actually <laughs> feels like a continuation of City of the Living Dead. Oh, do you think so? I do, because like in City of the Living Dead, like the gates of hell had opened up. And then this one, they're talking, you know, there's seven seven gates to hell and another yeah. another hell gate has opened up under a hotel or whatever. Got you. That, okay, I could see that. I didn't, I did not think of it that way at all. But yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. I actually told Walter that I want to make my own like Fulci like one, but have there's a target right by my house. And I want to have one of the seven gates of hell open up underneath that target. Oh, dude, what I, a, Walmart stresses Walmart. me out. Right. It just stresses <laughs> me out to go there. And I'm pretty sure it's built above a seventh gate of hell. Um, Probably so is. this is, of course, Lucio Fulci, the godfather of gore. Um, other things that he's done. Uh, Don't torture a duckling from 1972. I recommend that one. Zombie from 79, which we are going to be covering on this one. I'm just going to put my foot down and, and demand that we do that one. Um, another one he did was Conquest from 1983. That's another fun one. Uh, more to check out by him, but those are just some of the ones that I, I kind of recommend you guys checking out. Um, now, on this one, I think, Rob, I might just kind of do people as we get to them. Are you okay with that? Totally fine with it. Okay. All right. So now I want to ask you, when your movie opened, was it in black and white or was it like sepia? I mean, no, sorry. Was it like black and white sepia toned or was it in color? Um, well, I watched it on Shutter, and uh -huh. yeah, it was black and white with like a cool blue filter. Okay. All right. Because there's some where the opening's like just straight up and down in color and there's some where it's made to look old, like with those like sepia tones. Yeah, this one... Um, I'm assuming they that Fulci had decided to make it look old timey because it was in the 1920s when yeah. uh, when the, like we opened the film. Correct. All right. Good. 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 So we're on the same page here. Um, now the the film itself um, was in some time it had been brought over to America and cut down to the Seven Doors of Death as well. Um, at some point, I think that's probably when it made like the drive-in rotation and stuff like that. But this one here, like, so Fulci, you know, the, the Gates of Hell, City of the Dead came before this one and Zombie came before this one. And those were like Italian films. But the producers in Italy wanted just another zombie film and he really wanted to steer away from that. So he had to actually use German backers to produce this one. Um, and he had to give them some zombies, but he didn't want to make it nearly as zombie heavy as the other two films had been in his career. Okay. Um, that he was known for, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting anyway. Um, so to start with, basically we see there's like boatloads and carloads of men and they're kind of surrounding this hotel in Louisiana. It's actually 1927. And um, we see mainly two characters inside the hotel. One is Emily, and she's got this book. Um, it's E-I-B-O-N, but I believe it's pronounced Abon. So I was thinking Abon is calling. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we see a painter, um, and the painter is actually um, Schweck, is it? I believe S C H W E I C K. Schweck, I really I thought the lady called him Spike. Um, like oh. that's that's what I was hearing, but I'm probably wrong because I don't think his name was Spike. 
Yeah. Um, so the uh, Emily is uh, Cynthia Moriel, Mor- uh, I believe. Um, the only two films I know her from is she was in Beyond the Darkness. Um, it's a Joe D'Amato film from 79. And then I believe we've talked about this one just a little bit, but she was in uh, The Stendhal Syndrome from Dario Argento with Aja Argento in it. I don't remember. No. Oh, no. Okay. For some reason, I thought you said you were a fan of that one because it's got Asia Argento in it. I'm a fan of um, her, but I, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, then you should check it out, Rob. I think you'd like it. Um, and then, so our um, Schweck guy, the painter, um, the only thing that I know him from is uh, The Killer Must Die. No, I'm sorry. The Killer Must Kill Again from 1975. Um, and he is the actor Antoine St. John, which is a really awesome name, I think. I like the way it flows off the tongue. So she's reading from the book and the book is kind of paints a dire picture. It's talking about like uh, the seven gates of hell and everything like that. And the painter is painting a landscape and it's got like dead corpses all in it. It's not like a, who's uh, what's his name? The Kincaid guy who's a painter with light and everything's all bright and fun. Mm -hmm. This is not the kind of thing you would hang over your couch. Yeah. This reminded me of kind of a MC Escher kind of painting where things uh, where the bodies were uh transposed into the landscape and they looked like the rocks of a rocky shore and they just they really looked like they were part of this weird desolate hellscape kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Right, right, right. Um and then these men have come to actually, they're after him. They're after the painter because they believe him to be a warlock. <laughs> and they've brought torches and they've bought chains. And so they bust into room number 36, which is where he is staying. And they proceed to beat him with the chains and they drag him downward into the like cellar, basically, of the uh, hotel. Yeah. They decide... Yeah. He's he's really getting messed up by those chains, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Um, And in full Fulci fashion, there's lots of blood and like open wounds and gashes and everything all over his face. <laughs> and yep. then they nail him almost like crucifixion style to the cellar wall. Yeah. And uh, what? OK, I've got to ask you this because yeah. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it still. What was that stuff they threw on him? Like it looked like hot milk. See, I, it, at first I thought it was wax because I'm like, Walt, is that wax or are they going to, is it like some sort of mortar? But then he started melting. So yes, I assume it yeah. was acid of some sort. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out because I'm like, is it like, I thought they were going to like, uh, you, like you said, mortar and make him part of the wall or whatever. Right. Like he was going to be buried alive almost, but then like very, very Edgar Allan Poe's. Yeah. So it started yeah. getting smoky. There was like steam rising up from his head and everything. And I was like, what the heck is that stuff? You know? Yeah. Now I will say this. You like as in the audience with Fulci films, you, a lot of it is just done for the gore's sake. Like this will look incredibly gory and you don't want to, always apply i think like uh reality to it mm, yeah. um you know what i'm saying like i think i think you just kind of buckle in and you're long for the ride you don't want to apply a whole lot of uh sense to things um i think it really was this will look gruesome probably yeah <laughs> i still would yeah. have liked to have known like was that acid or was <laughs> what the heck was it you know 
Was it milk and uh, honey? You know, were they <laughs> were they right. buttering I, him up? Yeah, I really think it was some sort of acidic thing because much later on in the film, um, a woman has something poured on her and it almost has the exact same effect. And I think oh, that was supposed yeah. to be acid as well. I think that's why I'm going with this. It makes me feel better. I can sleep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like sulfuric acid, you know, that would yeah. be right at home inside of that, whatever that place was there. Yes. So that's what I'm thinking it is. Anyway, so we have Emily reading from the book. Um, and then we also see on the wall, there's like a sort of like symbol. It's almost like a little snake, like not, not reptilian, but I mean like kind of like curvy symbol, yeah. like a little, uh, horizontal line going across one tip of it. Um, we see that on the wall. Um, he also has that on his wrist. We later find out. Um, and then the book she's reading from burst into flames, which is an awesome segue because in the flames, then it goes to Louisiana in 1981. Mm-hmm. which is when this film it would be present day because that's when this film was actually produced so we're in present day little air quotes present day louisiana yeah <clears throat> and this is where we're going to be meeting our um main uh protagonist of the film liza or liz and that's katrina uh, uh katriana mccall who i love she and- was in the other two films in the trilogy yeah, and I also thought that was her reading from the book in the beginning of the film. But it, Oh, gotcha. Oh, you thought that was Emily. Okay, yeah. I see. I could see where you would think that. Um, like maybe like a reincarnation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, now, Katriana has been in uh, City of the Living Dead from 80. And then she was also in House by the Cemetery, which was also 81, but it came out after this one. So uh, uh, House by the Cemetery was the final film in the Dead trilogy. Um, and then say the living dead, as we said before, was the first film in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. So she's inherited this property from her uncle and she's a transplant from New York city. Um, <clears throat> and she's there with her, I guess, what would you call it? Like almost like a, um, decorator Martin. Um, and they're kind of walking around the place and he's coming with all different ideas and everything, but these, um, two painters are working on the property oh, uh, yeah. on the scaffolding. Yeah. And they uh, one encounters Emily, but she's got like these milky eyes, which just look like incredibly painful contact lenses. Oh, yeah. They, um, it looks like shattered glass. It does. But it looks so painful to me. I'm like, oh, my God, your eyes must hurt. <laughs> um, so um, he encounters her on the other side of the glass of one of the rooms they're painting on the outside. And it sends him basically spiraling down to his almost imminent death. Yeah, I thought he was dead, uh, actually. Yeah, he. I think for most intents and purposes, he was. He was just kind of lingering, and they probably should have just like put a pillow over his face <laughs> to help him out. Because, and he keeps repeating, the eyes, the eyes. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, Liz demands that they send for a doctor, which I'm like, I would have called for an ambulance, but no, she wants the doctor to come there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this is, where we first meet, so along with the property comes, I guess, like a groundskeeper and a housekeeper. Oh, I so was wondering where that, okay, so um, the housekeeper is the creepy lady. Martha. Uh, she She's always kind of lingering in the basement, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bearded guy, uh, that which is her husband, I think? um no the no uh the bearded guy are you talking about joe the uh, plumber 
Oh, he's the plumber. Is that who you're talking about, I guess? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused by all these people in this film. I mean, this one really threw me for a loop. Okay, well, stick with me and I'll see if I can get you through it, okay? Okay. So, Martha is Veronica Lazar, and she was in Last Tango in Paris with Marlon Brando. Um, She was in Inferno from 1980. Um, That's a Dario Gento film. I actually... Now, you've seen Inferno, is that correct? Um... No, I have not. Okay, because that's part of the like um, the Mother of Tears and Suspiria in, in that series. Okay, films. yeah, Mother of Tears was the only one that I've seen. Oh, okay, okay, and she too was in the Stendhal Syndrome as well. Now Arthur is the groundskeeper who, to me, he seems a little bit um, mentally challenged. He seems a little sl- a little slow, I think, on the uptake. Okay, he's the guy who reminds me of Jeffrey Combs. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and now that is Giampato Saccarola. Um, now he was also in House by the Cemetery. He played Daniel Douglas, who I think was the one guy that worked in the library, I believe. Oh, that that odd guy who worked yes, in the Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, he, he was also in Tenebrae, which is one of my favorite Dario Argento movies from 82. And then he was in uh, Lamberto Bava's You'll Die at Midnight in 86. Okay, so they've come with the house for some reason. They're creepiest all get out. They are. Um, and they just kind of, they show up at the weirdest, oddest times, I think. They're like creepers, I guess you would call them. <laughs> they, it's like they linger and they're always there when something odd happens. Uh, yeah, so. very strange. Yeah. Well, anyway, so <clears throat> she demands that Arthur get a hold of uh, Dr. Uh, John McCabe, um, who's played by David Warbeck. Um, Mr. Warbeck was in Trog from 1970, which did you ever see Trog? No, I've never even heard of that. Okay. It's the weirdest movie. It's got Joan Crawford in it. And it's about this basic like Neanderthal man that they find underground. It's, it's so weird, but wonderful (laughs) in the same time. Um, he was also in twins of evil. It's a hammer film about, uh, um, they were basically, they are twins, but one of them gets bitten and becomes a vampire. Um, and I believe they were both Playboy models, I believe. Um, and then my favorite movie, I keep telling people to see it, but it's hard to find. But I cross my fingers every day that it gets a Blu-ray release. Um, it was from 98 and it's called Razorblade Smile. It's a great vampire flick, but he was in that as well. Oh, we talked about Razorblade yeah, Smile. I've been looking yeah. for that film, but I haven't been able to find it. Yeah. So he's the doctor that just kind of shows up. And that's I'm just going to start calling him Dr. John. But anyway, so Dr. John shows up and. He's like, you know, we need to get this guy to the hospital because he's not looking so good. And this is also when we spy that that weird painting we were just talking about that the warlock had painted is still on the premises. And then the room buzzer for room 36 rings for no real reason because there's no one in that room. Yeah. And that's where I get the. Like, that's where I finally figure out that, oh, room 36 is actually where it happened because I was just in the beginning, I was seeing the number 36 and then, um, and then it kind of went to like 36 with the bell buzzer. And I was like, Oh, okay. It all makes sense now. Right. Yes. Good, good, good. Okay. So you're with me. All right. So now the punky bearded guy shows up from Joe's (laughs) plumbing. Okay. So Joe is played by Giovanni Di Nava. 
this actor is actually Dr. Freudstein. Dr. House by the Cemetery. Okay. He portrayed Dr. Freudstein. Anyway, so he just kind of lets himself in the house, but Liz eventually comes up and they go to the basement, which is filled with water. Not mm. like just a, like a little bit. It's got water. They've actually had to put down like boards to actually get it above water level in the basement to walk around. Yeah. And it was at this moment I knew you were going to have an issue with this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, to me, this is like homeowner horror. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you don't want to inherit a home like this. But this is also where we get creepy ass Martha just pops up with that lamp. Yeah. So <laughs> she needs a bell. I swear. <laughs> like a bell on her neck. Just so you know that she's coming. She's she's so creepy. She's she so is. creepy. And this is what I wrote down. WTF, which stands for what the Fulci. <laughs> you know, she. um Okay, in Gates of Hell, she reminds me. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. House by the Cemetery. She reminds me of that woman who kind of just shows up, you know, and be and is all creepy and is kind of given the given the eyes to the husband. Oh, the babysitter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's just. Yeah. I'm like. I don't care if they came with the house. I would just give them severance and be like, "You need to go. <laughs> go. Go home. I'll, I'll find somebody." <laughs> Like you'd be sitting on the toilet and her head would pop up between your legs. You'd be like, what the fuck, Martha? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you needed some toilet paper. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. But anyway, so so poor Joe's down there looking around and he spies that the water is actually pouring from like a little separation of the mortar of the wall. Yeah. And that looked like the wall was just going to come down at any moment and just flood everything and just turn it into like water world down there. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. He has to drink his own pee. (laughs) (laughs) Which I might be okay drinking Joe's pee. I'm just putting that out there anyway. Um, so hello. Yeah. Okay. No, (laughs) I thought maybe you just turned it off. (laughs) So, so as he's breaking through the wall, we see that that symbol that we had discussed earlier is on the other side of the wall. So we know that our warlock is going to be on the other side of that wall once Joe breaks through. Because that's where they nailed him to it, right? Exactly. But now we're back upstairs and this is where we get Arthur just going through Liz's bedroom. And Arthur is the... He's the the not all there guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He came okay. with the house. He's part of the package. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and he's like actually looking for the keys to all the rooms to start cleaning. So she kind of now I it's how do I do how do I how do I do this? It's weird for me because uh Katriana is from all three movies, but yeah. she's not the same character. But like in the first one and the third one, her character is not uh, like gruff. She's kind of like sweeter, I think. But in this one, she's got kind of like an attitude to her. Because she's from New York. (laughs) Right. Well, and these guys are weirdos, but she's kind of like standoffish with Arthur, which I would be too. The guy's going through your bedroom and you you give him permission or whatever. But anyway, so she... um, She's, you know, just kind of says, well, you know, she'll work on finding him the keys and everything, but she's going to have to go into town. But meanwhile, poor Joe 
is looking through the little hole and this hand just like reaches out and just gouges his eye right out of his head. Oh, there's a lot, like fair warning, there's a lot of eye trauma in this movie. There is, there is. Yes, there is. Um, Now, I don't know about you, but I love the scene of Liz going to town because she's just driving straight down the middle of the road, like right down the center of that road. Like she's the only one in town. Yeah. And I actually thought, I was like, is she on the sidewalk? (laughs) <laughs> she because, might be it's Liz she's from New York and she's gonna do what she wants yeah <laughs> because the, the blind lady with the service dog is like right there <laughs> yeah right you, exactly yeah because yeah and then this is where she runs into Emily and Dickie I love yeah. Dickie um but it's like a German shepherd yeah and she's still got I'm sorry but those contacts look so painful to me they do it just looks like shards of glass yeah, it's I don't know. I think because of the time, because back in the 80s, like the technology is not like what it is now with like contacts and stuff. And I just pictured them being like just like large chunks of like this hard plastic in your eye. Do you think they were okay. like dry and itchy? Oh, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised like if her eyes weren't like damaged for a little bit afterwards, like it scratched her cornea or something. Ooh, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. So now we've got creepy Martha. She's trying to find Joe. And then And I don't understand why, but like Emily has taken Liz and Dickie back to her plantation home. Yeah. I, okay, whatever. I I don't understand why, but there they are. Right. Um, Things just happen in this movie. Things do just happen. Okay. So out of the three in the trilogy, this is my least favorite of the three. Um, And I think, and I'm not saying, (laughs) but to me, this one is the least coherent path from A to B. It is. As far as from beginning to end of Mm -hmm. the three films. Yeah. Um, Because, well, I had the same feeling almost when watching it, I was expecting, you know, things to kind of fall into place. And I think Fulci just wanted to mess with everyone because this movie doesn't make as much sense as like watching uh city of the living dead or house by the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. This one does jump around quite a bit. I yeah. think I feel not that I, I don't hate the movie or anything, but like to, out of the three, I feel that this one, the, the narrative process suffers the most from that. I agree. Like but, I enjoyed it, but I found myself trying to figure out what was going on from one moment to the next. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> All right, so now we're in the basement. Martha's finally found Joe. He's slumped over. She kind of moves his body. He falls back. His eyes are gone, and he's, like, vomiting this, like, weird goo from his mouth. And he looks waxy, like, going back to what you said before, like, about the waxiness. Yeah, and this is one of our many let's watch moments in this film where she just stands there for, like, I've been out of there, but she's just going to watch it for a long time. Yeah, where that that actually made me think that she kind of has something to do with the whole, you know, opening of the gates and all this and that. But that's not. Yeah, we find out that's not the truth of it. Yeah. And then you get. okay. so. I thought it was Joe's body because he like falls back and then floats up. Yeah. And I thought that was Joe's body, but I. I think it's the warlock's body because it doesn't have a beard. 
Right. It and it doesn't have like the uh the squished eyes, like the Yeah, right. The squished okay, but so that just eyes, yeah. floats up and then again so like if the whole Joe incident didn't make me run, <laughs> that sure as hell would have got me out of the house. Right. If if bodies just start floating up from the floor. <laughs> oh, I'm out of there. I don't care if I come with the house or not. I'd yeah. be like, see you later. And um, was there no electricity? She's just carrying around like a gas lantern. I know. <laughs> Don't you think she was born with that gas lantern? Like she came out of her mom's vagina with that gas lantern. Like she she just opened the folds of flesh and walked out. Right. With that lantern. Yeah, exactly. So back at Emily's house, I love that she's playing that creepy music. Like it's not part of the soundtrack. Like she's actually playing the creepy music on the piano while Liz is there with her. I thought she was playing the piano. Yes, but the piano music is that creepy-ass music. Like, she's playing the creepy-ass music on the piano. <laughs> so weird. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so she's, like, really trying hard to get Liz just to give up the hotel and go back to wherever you came from. hmm Okay, so now we're at a, like, morgue, but they call it a laboratory, but it's... I'll, for all intents and purposes, it's a morgue, I would say, because there's body bags. It looks like a weird morgue. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. It looked like a Cronenberg morgue to me. It like did, it was super yeah. bright, all like super white, mm-hmm. you know, um, like lit from beneath. Like, I don't know, like a music video morgue, <laughs> like a yeah. Lady Gaga video <laughs> would take place in that morgue. <laughs> and she'd come out with meat strapped to her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. They're sewing up Joe, but it took me a minute because I'm like, well, okay, he's got a beard. His eyes are gone, but I'm like, like, I actually thought Martha was going to be dead. Like with everything going on, I thought that I thought the body coming out of the water would have killed Martha. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, because we didn't we didn't get any indication. Like, did she stay there? Did she run or who called to get Joe's body removed? Mm hmm. I don't know. Just at first I was like, I don't get this. But anyway, so on one slab is Joe and on the other slab is the warlock body. Right. Okay. And ever since I've been having this stuck in my head, ever since you'd shown me like the hideous sun demon thing and I was looking into (laughs) it and Uh like that body of the warlock just laying there on the slab looks like a hideous sun demon. (laughs) He does look like a hideous sun demon. He definitely has been out in the sun too long. He also looks like he would like, like a candle. Like you said, he looks very waxen. Like he would melt. Yeah. Yes. Almost like craggy, like part of rocks and like just cragged, like the crag of the face and Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. So, but our doctor is not alone. He's in there with um, Dr. Harris for some reason. Now, Dr. Harris is the cute one with the mustache. Um, just real quick, that's Al Cliver. We will be seeing him in Zombie uh, soon. He was also in Jess Franco's, Jess Franco's De- Devil Hunter from 1980. And then he would later again, well, he worked with uh, Mr. Fulci several times, but he would later again work with Mr. Fulci in Demonia from 1990. But that's um, Dr. Harris. So for some reason, Dr. Harris has stuck these like, little patches on the warlock's head and he's checking for brainwave activity. 
Yeah, I was wondering that because at the beginning when they brought the corpse and they were like, oh, this this looks pretty well preserved, you know, for 60 years. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And well, and Walt's like, those things actually go on the chest because Walt always does that with me. He always like points out what <laughs> what things really do. So it like ruins the movie for me. I'm like, okay, now I know. But he's like, yeah, those would go on the chest. He's like, those would not measure brainwaves. But I'm like, what brainwave would be coming from a 60 year old cadaver? Right, right. There's like that 60 years. There is like no brain activity going on. Yeah. Now. Okay, so he gets a phone call and leaves. I actually thought we were going to be getting some zombie action with Dr. Harris right there, but no, that does not happen. Yeah, I thought I, that too. I was wrong. I was hoping for it, actually. I was like, yeah, just kill that guy. <laughs> like, well, let- I was actually hoping that he would be too hot to work in his clothes. <laughs> he would have to strip, and then we get zombie action. But no, that didn't happen. But after he leaves, we notice on the monitor that there is actually brain action inside that cadaver. But you know what's weird is <laughs> that thing was showing a heartbeat, like bloop. bloop. Yeah, right. And I was like, since when does brain activity register as a heartbeat? <laughs> I know. Again, it's a Fulci film. We're going to yes. go with it. <laughs> so outside the morgue slash laboratory, we have a young girl named Jill. And her mother show up. And even though the sign says, do not entry. Do not entry. She entries anyway. You know what? I was going to bring that up to you. I had that in my notes. Why? Okay, a Fulci film. I'm not going to question it. But do not entry just made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I love do not entry. And what's Um, up with, does Fulci hate kids? Because there's like a creepy kid in every film. And they just... (laughs) They just like creep me the hell out. Well, full disclosure, I, you know, this, but I actually have a do not entry with like the little, like, you know, that circle with the little line through it on my butt cheek. Oh, I have one of those too. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but actually it's uh, Jill is the daughter of Joe, the deceased plumber. And you know what? Okay. See, here's where I got mixed up. I thought Martha and Mary Ann were the same person because they do look a little similar. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do look very similar. Yeah, so they do. That's look very why similar. I thought Martha was the spouse of the plumber guy who died. Joe. Yeah. The hunky bearded man has a name. It's Joe. I'm sorry. I can't remember names. <laughs> I am just really, really terrible at that. <laughs> I probably wouldn't remember unless he had a beard. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but anyway, so she, I thought it was kind of sad because she goes in and she's got the little rosary in his clothes and she's got like to have to cut him to get him on his body and everything, which again, who makes their family member go to the morgue to dress the corpse for a funeral? I don't know that, but I, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, and what was, so she, she's what there. was that white sheet she was cutting with the scissors? Like uh, what? What meaning did that have? I didn't understand that part. The sheet. I, was it his shirt? I thought she was cutting the back of his shirt. Oh, it was something white. That's all I know. And yeah, I think it was the back of his shirt, Rob. Okay. I think t- to get it on his body, which I'm like, oh, who would not help this woman? Even if even if it was required that the family member do it, who would not stay to help her? Uh, whatever. Okay, whatever. I do also like that you can just willy-nilly walk into the morgue. Like, even though it says, do not enter, you could just, I'm going to head on in. <laughs> yeah. You know? To hell with the sign. (laughs) The sign is right in front of your face. 
uh, plain as day, but I guess do not injury means something else in Louisiana. Something else. Yeah. So she turns and we're not really privy to what made her scream, but she screams. And then she bumps into this, what I thought was just a jar of water, but I was so wrong. Oh, I didn't even see her bump into it. I saw the scream and then I wondered why that jug of water was kind of just vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what's the meaning behind that? Because then it cuts to uh, the little girl, Jill, and uh, yeah. then it cuts back to the water vibrating. And then you see the it tip over and fall on uh, Marianne's face. Right. And then so I, this is another let's watch moment because I. Was was Marianne dead before that poured on her head or was she just knocked out? Because I'm like, Jill could have pulled her away from that acid. Instead of watching yeah. it go on her face for like hours. Because Walt's like, that little jar would not have contained all of that acid that just kept <laughs> pouring on her face. I know. That was like a gallon jug right there. Just um, continuously pouring and pouring. Pouring and space. pouring. Yeah. So, so what it's done then is, I guess, turned Jill's mom to mush because you get that like water mush whatever seeping towards jill's feet yeah and uh, which causes her to run it was like flesh mixed with blood mixed with acid yeah. and i just like oh we're we're seeing the beginnings of the blob this is a prequel here yeah or like the grossest slushy you'd ever want to not drink uh, yeah that too <laughs> so, so she takes off running and then she runs because oh she can't get out you can get in very easily of uh, the morgue apparently but you can't get out I think she was so freaked out that she just was trying to open all the wrong doors because none of those cold storage doors looked like the door that she came in from. Yeah, well, the well, she tried the door where she first came into, but that she didn't couldn't get out that one, and oh, she just ran she past did. the elevator. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, but so she does choose the wrong, like you said, freezer storage thing because that like corpse guy like falls towards her, and I thought um, it was actually he didn't. Like, was it a living dead or was it just like a No, I think he that... was just a dead. I think oh, it was okay, just a corpse okay. and should the door open and he fell towards her, which I just knew I was going to get butt. But of course, no, we cut away before I get butt. <laughs> um, so now we're at the restaurant with Liz and Dr. John. And this is where we get like some of her background that she was like a model for a while and then a dancer and a secretary and a fashion designer. And she was just kind of like a leaf floating through life until her... Uh, uncle gave her this inheritance and now she's going to, she's got to make a go of it. Otherwise she's going to end up on relief. I, I really thought she was going to say that she was a uh, exotic dancer for a short time, you know, just like she's <laughs> she going been, through, we just don't know. Yeah. Just going through all the, all the tales of her life, like the sordid details and stuff. Exactly. And then this is where she, you know, she fills him on that, like Arthur and uh, Martha are a hindrance, but they came with the place and he's like, I've never heard of either one of these two people before. Oh, yeah. And is this where she brings up the uh, the blind girl with the dog? Um, Let's see here. Or um, no, I think I'm jumping ahead, actually. You as far as my notes go, I think you might be jumping ahead. I oh, think. but we do see like something that we missed in uh, in a cut to scene before the before the restaurant. Uh, the little girl now has the the blinded eyes. The Let's see. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, not not yet really? um, Why because is it? that's when 
that's when we get the phone call. They're still at, they're oh. still at lunch. He gets that phone call, and it's Harris on the phone, and then we get that really ominous music, and then it's the cemetery scene. <clears throat> okay, yeah, and the cemetery scene shows that the little girl has the eyes. Yeah, but I want to talk about the cemetery scene for a second. Okay. Okay. Her parents are both dead, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone consoles her and then just leaves her alone. Like no family members stay around with her. It's just like, okay, sorry, Jill, bye. <laughs> like Liz hugs her and leaves. Like everyone leaves that little girl alone. Is she just on her own? She's gonna like what walk like live in the streets now? Yeah, like what's gonna happen to her? I know. Yeah. And then, like you said, we get the reveal that she too has milky eyes now. But yeah, I'm like, like, where's her fit? Like, she's just, I don't don't know. I found that very, like, upsetting. I'm like, what about Jill? (laughs) See, that's what I mean. It's like, does Fulci hate children because they're creepy as hell and they're just kind of left to their own devices all the time? Yeah, it's very odd. So we're back in the watery basement. And now it's got now it's got like these weird eerie drafts. So you've got the water now, but on top of that, it's like incredibly windy down there now. And I thought and that was moaning at first. I was like, it, "What? What is that noise?" It may be, but anyway. So Liz is heading downstairs, and she starts hearing Liza, and it's actually Emily and Dickie down there. And she's like, "Why didn't you listen to me?" And there's all that creepy music and breathing, and then the oh, point yeah, of view yeah. shot. Yeah. And that's what like I put down in my notes is the is the blind lady in two places at once because she's talking from a room, but she's also in the same area as um sorry, I forgot her name already. <laughs> Liz? Yeah, she's also in the same room as Liz. And I'm like, how how the hell is she doing this? What? It, yeah. And then so you cut to like the door of the room 336 and there's like a light on underneath it and then she goes into her spiel about 60 years ago Mm -hmm. um was it schweck was a painter and he had found a key to the seven gates of hell and um that uh he's he's come back and he's here now and uh you see her like emily touched the painting that was there and then she pulls her hands back and they're all bloody and everything and the bell rings um, and then she tells Liz that she must never enter the room. Yeah. Um, and then Liz is like, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm from New York. <laughs> I'm from New York City. I've seen a lot of yeah. shit. Yeah. I'm like, OK, whatever. Um, and then Emily screams and then runs off into the night. But at first I'm like, where's Dickie? But then it like just keeps repeating again and again yeah. and again. And again, and finally, the last scene, Dickie runs off with her. So I'm like, okay, at least the dog's with her. So <laughs> I got to ask, what was with that? Like, was um, was she trying to recall, like, what? No, that, that wouldn't make sense either. What was the purpose of that, like, repeated scene? I don't, I, I almost think it. Me, I took it like Liz trying to work something out in her head. Like, did I really see that? And her like replaying it. Like, you know, was she really here? You know, like, yeah, I saw her run out. Yeah, I saw, I guess. That's what that I thought at I- first. But then I was like, wait a minute. Why would she be doing it when she was just there talking to her? And then like, I don't know. Well, I, I I think like, like rechecking her memory. Like, did I just imagine all this or did I, was she really here? 
Yeah. See, there, there's That's a lot how of I took it stuff rough. that just confuses the hell out of me still. And I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. It's just, it's not working out so well. Yeah. I think, I think some of that you should not do too much. Mm. If that makes sense, you just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. Cause it'll make your head um, hurt. Well, I think you're looking for answers that may not be there at all, ever to be there. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, but that's just how my mind works. Where it's like, I'm oh trying yeah, to but make I, sense I, of I things. think you might just frustrate yourself because I think you're <laughs> going to be looking for something that's never going to. It wasn't there in the first place, you know. What I mean, it's not like it's hidden; it's just not there. I right? Think there, there's not. absolutely no resolution to it. Right, right. Well, then it's morning, and you see her, you, like you see the porch, but you're like looking outward at it, and you hear that like clomping sound, and then all of a sudden, Liz has got this like little axe outside the door of number thirty six. Yeah, like she can't get in. The, the, does she not have keys for that room? Well, I think that's what Arthur was implying. Like he can't find the keys, and she's not really sure where all the keys are either. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, she breaks in, and the room is like. It's covered with sheets. It's filthy. It's dusty. And inside the room, she finds the book of Avon. Yeah. And, and all the uh, all the scents and candles and lotions and everything <laughs> that you can buy from the book of Avon. What was it? Skin, skin so soft. Bottles <laughs> of skin so soft. Yeah. Um, but then she gets like the like the little shiver rope door creaks open, but there's like nothing. Like I was waiting for a jump scare with that, but no, nothing in there. Totally. I was um, expecting a jump scare. Yeah. But inside the bathroom, you get that thunder and lightning and there's like the crucified body. Oh, a, like, shit. Yes. Yeah. And Liz freaks the F out and runs. She books it. Just in time to see Dr. John arriving and he, well, first she freaks out when she sees him and then he comforts her. And that's not the first time that he, his arrival will freak her out and not the last time that he will comfort her. Um, <laughs> she's very skittish for someone from New York. She's in need of comfort quite frequently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and now they, the two of them return to the room. The spikes are up there on the wall, but there's no body hanging there. And the room looks like more inviting than it did when she was in there. I thought it's like sunnier, I guess. It looks cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look quite as uh, uh, oppressive as when she first went into it. And then he thinks that the nails look more rusty than bloody. So he's kind of already kind of doubting her a little bit, maybe. Um because let's face it, in a Fulci film, women are crazy. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Women are crazy and kids are evil. Yeah. And then th I think this is what you were talking about, Rob, because this is where she brings up Emily. Because he's like, who's Emily? And he's like, I I, I don't know an Emily. Um, and then she's like, look, the book is gone. Um, oh, and then we but get that close up on Emily's eyes. Yeah. Was that later on that um, he said, I looked into the records and no one has lived. Uh, there's no Emily. I've lived yes. here for so long and there's no Emily. And that, that yeah, that's later on. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, because now we get the, the street scene with Liz and Martin, her like, uh, like interior decorator. And they're kind of like walking down and he's wanting to do all this stuff. And she's like, you know, I, I, I can give you carte blanche, but that doesn't mean a blank check. I don't have all this money to do all this stuff he's wanting to do. And he's wanting the original seller plans but she doesn't have access to it so he's thinking he's got to go to the library mm -hmm. well while they're walking she spies 
the book of Avon inside this like antique bookseller's window. So she books it inside there to look at it. And that's where you hear that weird laughter. And she looks up and it's actually the bookseller who I'm not. Okay. But did you notice his nose and the amount of hair growing out of it <laughs> on top of the nose? Yes. Oh my God, Rob. I'm like, that's more horrifying than anything I've seen in the movie so far. <laughs> Body hair. <laughs> oh God. Okay. And then all of a sudden the book she's holding wasn't the book she saw in the window or the book she picked up at first. Right. And she's yeah, like, what happened to the book that I was just holding? <laughs> and he's like, the book's been there for two years. And I'm like, then you need to circulate your, your uh, book, sir, because if it's not moved in two years, you need to put that one somewhere else in your store and get something else up there. <laughs> right. But now she's starting to like doubt herself and she thinks she's like, she's seeing things. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see the seller and Arthur's got like, like the blackest, I think martyr I've ever seen in my life. I think that's what it was. He's just down there with mortar. Um, I don't know what I, I assume he's going to patch the hole, I guess. I don't know. Um, because we don't stay on him very long because now we're back at the library, which by the way, is the same library they shot. They used for, um, house by the cemetery. It did look familiar. See, it didn't to me because I didn't see an open fire in there burning. Maybe they shot it from a different angle. I wasn't really focused on the fire. I was more focused on like the walls and stuff. (laughs) No, I was just joking. Oh, okay. (laughs) See, damn it. I never know when you're kidding. Oh, (laughs) Um, I'm so so, gullible. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, And then so it's revealed it was like a turn of the century building. So that's the kind of plans he's going to be looking for. Um, oh, now the librarian was played by Fulci. Yes, I did find that out uh, as I looked into it. I was like, oh, Fulci is the town clerk. Yes, which I loved. And he allows Martin to climb up the world's most unsafest looking ladder ever to get the book he needs from the very tip top of those bookcases. Right, because he says there was a strike and um, everybody goes on break from... Uh, 12 to one o'clock, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So while Martin's up there on the world's tallest, most unsafe ladder, there's lightning and thunder, which kind of causes Martin to fall backwards. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that caused him, but I think it was like all part of the creepiness. Oh, but first he gets a look at, at the book and he sees that the plans are all wonky or something like the plans for the hotel. Yeah. And then and that's then, so, when the oh, lightning I'm sorry. comes in. Yeah. And then so he, of course, has hit his head on that like beautiful floor. Uh, it's like marble looking. Um, and then we get the crunchy noises and then maybe like bird noises. Is these tarantulas come out of nowhere in the library? Yeah, that, that was those noises do not. <clears throat> excuse me. Those noises don't match. But it, it did add to the creepiness because it was like, what the hell are those crunching sounds? <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the uh, cemetery scene in uh, See the Living Dead where it was like monkeys almost. Yeah, like I think those were raccoons too because raccoons make some really weird sounds when they're in distress. And so oh, maybe ooh. maybe it was like the sound of raccoons and stuff. Yeah, and the, it's also creepy. It's very jarring and unnerving. It works really well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, gets the, it, it makes the desired effect, I, I believe. Um, but we also get toy ranchulas. Toy tarantulas, oh yeah. Yeah, fake tarantulas. 
And uh, the toy tarantulas give us like some eye trauma, and then the uh, mouth mayhem where it like jabs its little oh. venomous fang in the guy's tongue. Yeah, and they're just like pulling off bits of flesh. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Um, and then we pan over to the open floor plan of the cellar, and it just starts to disappear a little bit at a time until it, the page is blank. Yeah, the lament configuration. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now we are privy to a view of the outside of Emily's plantation home, but it does not look the same as before when Liz visited. No, it's, it's all... all. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Oh, no, I was going to say it's all beaten down. It's, it's looking pretty rough. It looks horrible. Yes. But uh, this is Dr. John coming to pay the uh, house a visit. Um, and he is outside. He can't get any turns to leave, but he accidentally kicks a pair of like gardening shears. So he's like, hey, I'll just break in. Once inside, he spies a very old, disheveled-looking version of Abon, and he begins to read from it. Yeah. And see, this confused me because I was thinking that maybe everybody's crazy and the hotel has been abandoned and it looks like just like hell like that. Right. And yeah. he was wa actually walking into the actual hotel, whereas everybody else was like, oh, la-di-da, this, you know, this is fine. Um, but yeah, once again, I was subverted my expectations. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. It's just like a lot of this, I was trying to make sense of way too much. I think the movie does and not in a bad way, but it does set up a lot of things where you're like, Oh, this is going to happen. And it doesn't, Yeah, you know, it sets up a lot like, which is kind of cool in a way because it's not, uh, predictable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so now we're back at the hotel room number 36 and Martha enters with her bucket and mop to clean, um, which I'm assuming she just brought the water up from the basement because they said they didn't have water in the house <laughs> earlier. So I, she's just going to clean it with the dirty basement water, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she begins to like remove the sheets and stuff, but then the bathroom beckons her. And inside is the grossest water inside that tub ever i knew you were gonna say something about Ugh, that, that was water I mean, this is like mark and water here we go oh grossness <laughs> and she like reaches in and removes that like glob of like hair gunk and just slings it to the floor which i'm like could you not put that in the trash somewhere I, it's like, i'm like don't, please don't stick your hand in there please don't, oh god please don't. no but plumber joe arises completely nude in all his glory no he's dressed um <laughs> And then she freaks out. And this is where I put, let's watch. Let's she could have easily <laughs> ran out of that bathroom. I, no, he was moving so there. slow. So slow. So slow. So he grabs her face and just slams her head into that spike. Well, not slams. It's kind of like slowly forcing her back of her head onto the spike until it comes out the front of her eye socket pushing her eye out. It's like the Dr. Freudstein sequence where like, oh, no, we're being chased by Dr. Freudstein. He's he's a foot away. Okay, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally like that. Totally yeah. like that. Yeah, there's so many instances where just a second of quick thinking could have saved your life easily. <laughs> so, uh, and I love this. It's just a quick scene, but Liz arrives outside. It's very windy, and we get that wolf howl because yes. New Orleans is filled with wolves. Everyone is it? knows this. Is it filled with no. wolves? Really? <laughs> it's filled with wolves. <laughs> Which reminded me of the scene in the House by the Cemetery where she's tucking the little kid in and the, like the wolves are howling. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
But now we are back at the morgue slash laboratory with Dr. John, and he's brought the, the book of Abon with him. And he's looking at the corpse and he's checking for spike wounds. And that's where he actually sees the symbol on the arm um, and in the book. So he knows they match. Mm -hmm. And we get that little quote, the gates of hell will open, the dead will walk the earth. Yeah. And so that, that's what threw me back to uh, the gates of hell film. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so this, it kind of ties in here because like there's seven gates. Um, and so when the priest committed suicide, like he opened up one of the gates and so this this hotel is on like another another gate of hell. Apparently, exactly. I don't know that that's how I made sense of it. Right. And I think was it uh, when Fonzie jumped the shark in that episode of Happy Days? I think that opened a portal to hell. Yeah, that, that was like a gate number four, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when Mrs. Garrett left Facts of Life, that opened one. And uh, when Mr. Furley died, that. that yes, opened, that opened another one. Mm hmm. They're just opening right and left. Yeah, up. they are. Um, so now we are at Emily's place and it's dark and she's with Dickie and he's very upset um, and she's trying to like appease him and everything. And then all of a sudden the piano plays on its own. So she's like freaking out. And she's like, who's there? And you hear that creaking noise. And then behind her, you see like the patio door is open. Yeah. And then she's like, answer me, <laughs> which I'm like, I'm not making fun. But I, I think like not having your sight would bring on so much stress because like you really don't know what's going on around you. No, you, you don't. know, no, but she you don't seemed to know a lot. Like when she touched the painting and she was like, you must not go to that room and you, you must not do this. And it's like, she was, she seemed to be highly aware. And then all of a yeah. sudden she's like, doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, warlock or chip and Dale dancer. I just don't know. Um, <laughs> So let, let me reach actually, out with my hand and make right, sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's all windy and we see that it's the actual wax and like revived corpse of the warlock behind her. Yeah. The, the so old hideous she, sun demon. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, you know, you know, who are you? Where are you? And everything. And I'm thinking the dog's like completely useless because he's not doing anything to protect Emily. Yeah. The, um, the dog is just kind of walking around. Yeah. And then she's like, um, She's like, I, I'm pretty sure she said, Frank, I know you're there. Um, did, I know you're here. And yeah, then she I think stumbles she, and she touches the the warlock's like bare feet. So I is it Frank Shrek? 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 <laughs> I, I guess, maybe. It um, might be, yeah, because they only say his yeah. last name. They they don't say um, right. the first. I, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure the other two corpses, one for sure, I think is Joe. Yeah, one was the plumber, yep. Was the other one Arthur? It might have been cuz they um they were doing like the four corners thing when they did that uh, yeah. wide angle shot yeah. and you saw it and from I, above. Yeah. I I, th I think the other one was Arthur, which would leave it, lead us to believe that he met his demise in the basement with the mortar. Most likely, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and then she's like saying that she she did what she was asked and she just wants to be left alone. And um, so that she makes doesn't want to go think, back. Yeah, that makes me think like, oh, she came from hell. Like she's the she's the girl from the 1920s. And oh, totally. Yeah, that's her. Totally. Yeah. And so totally, it was like, totally her. I yes. don't want to go back to hell. Don't make me go back. And I was like, yeah. Aha, so, OK, now I get it. Now I understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then suddenly Dickie starts attacking the one corpse. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, Dickie, attack. Tear uh -huh, them to pieces. Yeah. 
And right. she's like screaming and there's sweat streaming down her face and everything. Mm-hmm. And then everything goes silent. And then she's like, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting this at all. <laughs> and then oh, Dickie just like rips the shit out of her throat. He just takes a big old chomp out of her <laughs> neck. But he's not done because he wants some ear before he leaves. <laughs> he just tears her ear off too. Yeah. So I, like, was that a hellhound? Was, was Dickie a hellhound? I don't know. Poor Dickie. And would a hellhound be named Dickie? <laughs> to me, it's not very, you like, it doesn't strike fear in me. Dickie the dog from yeah. hell, you know. To, I guess to be innocuous to the humans, like the dwellers of Earth, you know? Like, I guess. Let, let's give the dog a name that no one would ever think of. To me, like a dog from hell would be called like Rob. Rob. <laughs> or like <laughs> Lucifer or something. Oh, I have a Lucifer. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so back at the hotel, the phone's ringing and... Uh, it's Dr. John calling from a payphone. But did you notice how foggy it was outside? Yeah. Which again, like, it takes you back to Gates of Hell where it's. it's exactly. All- yes, that's what I was going to say. He's, to me, he was calling from like the same neighborhood that uh, John John was running around. In. <laughs> like I wait for John John to run past the phone booth. Right. It's just so weird. Okay. So. um we're in the basement, but it's a weird POV shot, which I wasn't sure who we were seeing, like whose point of view it actually was. But then Liz, like hand grabs that lantern and she's actually down there looking for Arthur. Oh, yeah. And then he grabs her. He like pops up from the water and grabs her and pulls her back. Right. And was he dead or was he like just like asking for help? Because I don't. He looked pretty see, intact for, for like a corpse, you know? Uh, yeah, that's why I was asking what your thoughts was as far as back at Emily's place, if he was the fourth one. So like, was he just recently killed? If that, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I try to figure out your take on it. Um, and then she kicks free and then uh, heads upstairs and then 36 is ringing again. Mm-hmm. And of course, and she Dr. Goes John, nuts. Yeah, Dr. John grabs her and she freaks out. Yeah. Um, and then, the, oh, wait, wait, yes. And then this is where uh, she says Arthur was dead. And this is where he says he's sick of all of her stories and that um, that Emily's house was abandoned for 50 years. Yeah. And he found and he found the book that Liz left for him to read. Right. But how does he know that's the book? Because this the one that he was reading was all torn up. And the one that Liz saw looked to be in better, like much better condition. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would know the shape of anything, but I think the fact that he found a book, he's like, Liz left this here with all these cobwebs all over. That's what I'm like. How would she cover with cobwebs? Okay. So, so John wants to see the body of Arthur for himself. So they're back in the basement and Arthur's nowhere to be found. And so Liz is like, you know, verbalizing out loud that she must be going crazy. Mm -hmm. And this is where Dr. John says, perhaps or else, who are you really? Yeah, which that that brought on a whole series of other like questions that I just still can't resolve in my head. Yeah, and then it's pointed out that the hotel is one of the seven gateways to hell. And then we get the wind and the thunder and the lightning and everything. And then there's like drippy blood coming from above Liz. It's starting to drip all over her shirt. Yeah. And there's like an earthquake. 
kind of thing. And the two like flee upstairs and all the water downstairs turns red. Yeah. And that, that made me wonder if the blood was coming from above or was it kind of like spurting out from the bottom from beneath and getting onto her shirt? Uh, yeah, I don't, but I think it was kind of doing, I think it was bubbling up from below, but I also think it was dripping from above because they also run past the painting and that's bleeding as well. Did yeah. you notice that? Yep. Yeah. So now the two are in his car and they're speeding off. And then I thought this was a cool effect. The room 36, the light kicks on and then you see that shadowy figure. And then all throughout the rest of the house, the lights kick on. And you see the shadowy figures. Oh, hell yeah. It's like the, the hotel is no longer vacant. Okay, so what that made me think of, huh, in the gates of hell, when the really touchy-feely psychiatrist goes to his patient's house and the old woman's corpse oh, disappears. yes, yes. I don't know why that just made me think of that. And where, uh, like, all you saw was bare feet underneath the yes, curtain? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it just reminded me of that. I don't know why. Um, so now John and Liz are en route back to the hospital. Um, cause he wants to talk to Dr. Harris, the cute guy with the mustache. Um, but Liz points out there's like no one around in town. Like the town is dead and the winds howling and everything. And they arrive back at the hospital and it's completely empty. And they want to head down to the morgue slash laboratory. Um, and, <laughs> and the Dr. John no, does not want to hear any irrational explanations. And he's right. going to call the FBI <laughs> and he pulls his gun from his desk. A doctor with a gun, right? Okay, right there in his office. So there's this box blocking her hands, which was clearly put there so she could dip her hands in blood. But she reaches down and pulls up her bloody hands mm -hmm. for some reason. And then there's this window behind her. And that's when the zombie patients break through and grab her hair. Yeah, and they're kind of pulling her toward the glass, like trying yeah. to drag her in. But Dr. John just starts shooting and I'm like, you're going to kill her. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, <laughs> it looked like he was aiming for her and he's hitting I know, the zombie like, in the arm and it's so close to her face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, damn it. I just want to get rid of, the, get rid of this Liz chick. <laughs> yeah. It was so, I'm like, well, careful there, sir. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how, shooty McShoot. how good are you with that gun? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're trying to make their way towards the elevator, but they get separated. So Liz is on there, but he's left with all these like patient corpses, which to me, this felt, this is where this really starts to feel very Romero-y to me. Yeah, it does. Because um, they're, they're like shambling dead, walking really Yeah, they're really not slowly. fast. They're not. Yeah. yeah. And for this being a Fulci film, there was not a lot of makeup effects on the zombies. I didn't feel. No. And they had, did you notice that they all had their eyes closed? Yeah. It's just, I, they weren't gory or gruesome. It really was like, if just you and I put on some like, you know, pajamas and roamed around. <laughs> like sleep you know walking. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sleepwalking and moaning. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so Liz, of course, gets, taken straight to the morgue and we see that Jill has been left behind locked in the room because, you know, she's got no one else taking care of her. So she may as well go like live in the morgue. That's what I want. Did she live there? How the hell did she get there? Right. Right. Okay. So Liz is like super ecstatic to see her, which I'd be like, bitch, why are you here in the morgue? But no, she's just so happy to see someone that, you know, she knows and she's hugging her. Yeah. And I wrote down, 
you idiot. Uh, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, because what's happening is during the hug, it's revealed that, you know, Jill's got her milky eyes, so this is not going to go well. That's mm-hmm. not going to end good. Yeah, so Dr. John has locked himself in this hospital room, and there's like a uh, like a divider with a sheet on it, and this like blade slices through, but of course it's Dr. Harris on the other side. Yeah, so I thought it Dr. was a zombie John with a, a knife. Yeah, yeah, no, not Dr. John's not alone now. He's got you know the mustachioed Dr. Harris with him, <laughs> <laughs> and they're being attacked by zombies. So Dr. John decides to shoot the glass, which oh. causes all the shards to fly right directly into Dr. Harris's face. And I, with the glass explosion, I was expecting another maggot storm. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm waiting for the maggots. <laughs> and that's just the end of Dr. Harris. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like it's just the end. I, I don't even know why they bothered really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, it could have been easily been a zombie that got hit with shards of glass. Like, I don't know why they bothered to have Dr. Harris there for just a second. I think then, it was just die. for another, another gruesome death scene, maybe. But it could have been a zombie with a gruesome. I don't know. It just seems so weird to have that character pop back up. I thought it was so weird. Whatever. Um, But now, okay, again, that reminded me back at Gates of Hell, same touchy-feely psychiatrist, psychologist, same patient. But this time when they were upstairs and the shards of glass hit the wall and they started to bleed, it reminded me of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so now... um. The elevator opens and it's Liz with Jill and the three are inside and they go to exit on the main level, but there's more zombies blocking them on both sides. And they're walking so goddamn slow. It's so Romero. I, it, it really, and not that it's a bad thing because, you know, people pay homages and stuff, but like I, the way this movie was so uh, frenetic and just, I don't, this just seemed to slow everything down to me. It did because uh, at that point you're thinking, well, okay, these uh, walking dead are moving very, very slowly. You could make a break for it and you'd be able to like escape. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, it's just so weird. So and then suddenly they're back at the morgue, which I can't quite make out how that happened, because I thought. In my mind, the morgue was down, but it seemed like they went up. But whatever, they're back at the morgue now, and they they go in through the do not entry door. Do not um, entry, yeah. That's kind of like a jump then, cut, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And now the dead are like coming out of the body bags, and we don't get nudity, which I'm upset about that. Um, but there is the corpse guy in the separate room, and it's revealed that like the gunfire is useless. That's not really doing anything. And then Jill attacks Liz. And this is where Dr. John shoots Jill in the head. Oh, man. We get an awesome head explosion. (laughs) It is pretty cool. And if you look closely, we do get butt in the scene. So I was excited about that. Like way over, there's like, there's male zombie butt. I did not Um, see that. (laughs) I totally saw it. I was so excited. I was justified. Um, So the two of them retreat down that spiral staircase and they end up back underneath the hotel. Yeah. And like, oh, how did we how did we get here? 
Yeah. And, and then Liz is like, it's crazy. Why are we here? And I'm like, this is the one thing you're going to hang your crazy hat on <laughs> after everything you've seen, Liz. Magically transported to <laughs> right like, back to the gate of hell there. <laughs> <laughs> so you can kind of like hear the zombies like muffled above them. Yeah. And it's like a white light. And then the two kind of proceed like into the cellar. It's all foggy and you get that trippy music. And now the zombies are like even like echoey now. Yeah. And they go through the hole in the wall in the wall. And again, and it's they, like all misty and. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes like a wasteland littered with like all these dead bodies that like that painting come to life. Exactly. Now, real quick, the dead bodies are actually uh, homeless people that Fulci paid with alcohol to lay oh, there. Wow. Supposedly, yeah. And so anyway. did he like um, paper mache them because they looked like they were part of, uh, like like they had wax or paper mache covering their bodies and stuff? Probably, probably. Because I'm like, is that Dick? And Walt's like, no, I think they probably put something over. So I actually, I like, thought that was Dick and Balls there, honestly. Yeah. In, in one So we get part. our... Exactly. So we get our slow-mo turnaround because they keep turning around and it just reveals it like basically it's the same wherever they look. They're just surrounded by these like dead corpses, just like the painting that the warlock did. Yeah. And then we zoom in and then it's the reveal that John and Liz's eyes are now white. They've got the eyes of hell. Mm -hmm. And then they disappear. Right. And Okay, so again, I'm going to go into that whole alternate dimension thing that I've been constantly returning to with Fulci films, where it's like, okay, in House by the Cemetery, when the little boy uh, Bobby gets pulled up through the crack in the tomb there, it's like he appears in a completely different house. And, right. Um, okay, and then um, what was the blind chick's name? Uh, in this movie? Yeah, in this movie. Emily. Okay, Emily. When she's reading from the book, she's in a nicely furnished home. Um, but yet when the doctor visits the house where she supposedly lives, it's all dilapidated and condemned and everything. And it's just like, I think that they're living in like two separate realities and they're kind of converging and then splitting apart and then converging again. That's just my mm -hmm. theory on the whole thing. Like a rip in time almost. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. It's gone now. If it comes back, I'll tell you. And then we get the voiceover. It says, you may face the sea of darkness and all therein that may be explored. Mm -hmm. And then Vincent Price laughs like in the Thriller video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that it didn't have anything to say about how children were evil. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, did you enjoy this one? I did. It it messed with my brain a little bit more than Videodrome did, but it's a I, I definitely dig the Fulci films. And so it was enjoyable for me. Uh-huh. Good, 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 good. Now, would you recommend it? I would. Cool. I think I would now, recommend it to every horror fan. Oh, totally. Like to me. Even if you don't love them as a horror fan, you should at least experience them once. Yeah, it's trippy as um, hell. It, it really is. Oh, it is. It so is. It's if you've not experienced Italian horror, I think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice 
Um, and honestly, I think you may have a uh, kind of a weird knee jerk resp uh, response to it at first. So mm -hmm. if it's not your thing, the first go around, give it a little bit and revisit it. Um, you may feel different, you know, oh, after yeah. some time has passed, but it's pretty darn cool. I think, um, now I'm going to put you on the spot here. I hope you'll play along. Uh oh. Would you mind to rank the three of them? Like your first, the first being your favorite, the third being your least favorite of the dead trilogy. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see. So I would say city of the living dead is my number one. Okay. Um, house by the cemetery is my number two. And this would be the, you know, the bottom. Okay. So we're pretty close. I would just flip flop your one and two. So house by the cemetery for sure. For me, gates of hell. And then this one, um, uh, the beyond. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're pretty close there with that one. Um, now there's, uh, to me, um, I, I do like this one. If you're, if you're gonna, if you've not seen the trilogy films, maybe start with them in order. Or if you, I, I would not start with this one. I no, guess no, I don't no. think it's the strongest of the three. Yeah, I don't this think. one don't definitely don't start with this. I would say end with it, maybe. Yeah, or do them in order. But yeah, don't jump off with this one. I don't think. Um, I, I don't I think really, it's the strongest of the three. Yeah, I think Gates of Hell is by far like one of the strongest. And then um, House by the Cemetery is the second strongest. Now, as far as gore goes, you, if you're looking for gore, you definitely want to start with the Gates of Hell, City of the Living Dead one. That's oh, hell the yeah. goriest one. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, that's for got, sure. That's got for like sure. so much. It's it's covered yeah. in gore. Yeah, for sure. Um, now recommending this, I do wholeheartedly recommend this to like uh gore hounds, uh Italian horror film fans, uh, you know, creature. I think this falls into a creature feature. I have no no doubt that this would be a creature feature. Would oh, you yeah. agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cause you get your zombies, you get your, you know, dead warlocks, whatever, however you want to do this. You get your supernatural vibes and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I totally recommend this one. I, I don't think you would be disappointed. Um, the only thing like Rob and I were discussing, you got to kind of realize, especially with these Italian ones, uh, sometimes it's not always about the story. It's more like how things look or how things feel, the atmosphere, that kind of thing. Yeah. So don't don't go in expecting like a completely linear story that you can just follow beat for beat from beginning to end. Um, then you maybe find yourself incredibly frustrated with it. Um but yeah, I, I I had a blast with this one, and thank you for doing these with me, all three of these. I appreciate that from you. No problem. You you've made me a Fulci fan. Yahoo! <laughs> um, now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure we double checked on this one. So our next one is going to be um, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China from 1986. Oh, and that yeah. is your pick. We're gonna have lots of fun with this. We got some Kurt Russell. We've got. Um, Chinese, yeah, I believe it's Chinese like mythology kind of there, and and just like tons of supernatural stuff going on it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it because that that has been one of my favorites for many many decades. So it will be a fun one all the way around. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you want to get a hold of us, because we are always looking for recommendations, I know we have one coming up a little bit uh, from someone, so I'm looking forward to that, but we are always looking for recommendations too. Um, we love covering that. Um, if you want to reach out to me, I cover the Instagram, um, and that's Midnight Mass Creature Cast, if you want to get a hold of me that way. And yes. then Rob. You can get a hold of us through mmccpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, the surprisingly, like we haven't had any emails, so I guess uh, it's much easier to contact through Instagram. Yeah, however you want to do it. I mean, anyway, is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we love doing listener requests. Um, I guess the only thing, the only caveat is we ask that it's a creature or a monster movie of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no steel magnolias, no, <laughs> no golden girls reunion, pink. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that wraps it up. So again, we thank you so much for always joining us weekly. Uh, or if this is your first time, we hope you, you, you enjoyed this one. Um, because with you being here, it means the more the scarier. That's right. And until we meet again next time, stay spooky. Mm -hmm.